It's time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Get up every morning Welcome into Sports 56 Mornings on this Monday, November 27th, 2023, final week of the month of November. Christmas just around the corner, all the holidays. Of course, we had the Thanksgiving holiday this past week. Hope you enjoyed your time off. I'm sure you had some time to relax and enjoy with your family. Hope it was a great one for you and yours. We got a lot to get to. It was a busy, busy week in the world of sports. Eli and I together have not had a show since, what, last Tuesday. I was on on Wednesday, no show Thursday, and then Bryant Dacus and Zach did the show on Friday. So a lot to recap on the program today. That's what we'll do. Only one guest lined up. That's our Monday college football regular, Barrett Salee from CBS Sports, will join us at 825. Other than that, it'll be you. It'll be us. We'll be talking. We'll be conversing. We'll be taking your calls. We'll be reading your texts. And you can always hit us up on the Sports 56 listener lines at 901-360-8255. We are in the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, where family and fun come together. Their overstock sale continues. 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. And the first hour of the program is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware. Currently 28 degrees, clear skies. We're looking at a very cold day. We'll only get up to about 42 degrees as you begin your new work week and school week. On the program today, we're going to talk Grizzlies. Yes, we're going to talk Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are in a funk. It is not good. They got clobbered again on Wednesday in Houston, on Friday at home against Phoenix. Yesterday, they got beat up by Minnesota. Uh, There's no end in sight, although... Maybe there is. Uh, We're getting closer to Jaws' return. We will discuss that. The Memphis Tigers men's basketball team had a good trip to the Bahamas, nearly a great trip to the Bahamas, as they won two of three. Unfortunately, got beat up pretty good by Villanova in the championship game. We will discuss that on the program today. We will talk plenty, I mean plenty, of college football. The Memphis Tigers wrapped up their season with their ninth win, beating Temple. In Philadelphia, of course, now they await a bowl game. Ole Miss knocks off Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl. A crazy finish to the Iron Bowl. And that Michigan-Ohio State game was another good one, as it usually is. We'll talk about the latest as far as coaching changes are concerned. And the uh, the bowl possibilities, as we will find out this Sunday. Of course, it is championship a weekend this Saturday. Friday games begin, and we'll have the bowl selections and announcement on Sunday. That's all coming up on the program today, so kick back, relax, and enjoy. Eli, I hope you enjoyed your time off and your uh, Thanksgiving vacation with your family. I did, very much so. It was uh, nice to, to get back home, see the family. First time I've been home for Thanksgiving in quite some time, so... Enjoyed the uh, the quick trip to Philadelphia and then uh, the trip back home. A lot of a uh, lot of flying and not much sleep, but uh, managed to pull it all off and make it all happen. Although I do got to say this, mm-hmm. I want to start this off. the The Memphis airport, the redo of the airport, it's beautiful. The it's absolutely perfect. Like the inside, all that stuff is absolutely beautiful. However, 
The Memphis airport has got to do something about their parking situation. It is a complete nightmare. There are no parking spots. If you the redo of the thing and you're adding flights, now you have to actually have places for people to park um, when they go try and get their flight. Mm-hmm. We showed up there Thursday morning, and me and probably about I don't know thirty to forty other cars are driving around. There literally is not a parking space available on the entire airport facility. So even the regular priced spots. I'm not talking about the discounted uh, tower. No, there's, there's not a you're spot. You're talking about even... Pe- you're, you're, okay. Literally, people are... You're having to park up on curbs. You just have to pull up on... You're you're either going to miss your flight or people are just parking anywhere. Like, you just pull your car up onto a curb and oh, leave it really? there. Like it oh, really? Oh, my gosh. It, you know, we finally did that. I'm like, we, we got to go in. Like, we either are going to miss our flight or we're going to have to just leave our car. So we just parked on a curb in the parking lot. And as we were walking in, like five different cars stopped and said, where did you guys find a parking spot? We're like, we just parked on the curb. Like I, that's the only possible option at this point. So people are parking just everywhere because they don't have parking spots. So when you go into, and again, you were obviously you weren't in the eco parking lot. I tried it. We, we, no we, we went to the economy lot. There's no spots. We went to the other, the the long-term parking. There's no spots. There's a, the, It said the blue lot's full, the yellow lot's full, like everything. There's no parking spot available at the airport. Right. It happened to me one time as well. It always happens around holidays because everybody's traveling. But what I'm asking you is you went, you eventually went on a curb in the long-term parking? Yes. Okay. So you did get a little ticket when you went in. So you had something to show the cashier when you left. Well, we actually had somebody go, because I didn't like leaving my car on a curb. I was afraid it was going to get hit, so I had somebody go pick up my car. Oh, okay. Now, well, that was smart. Yeah, it's it's a problem. And, 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 I, and I didn't know if the idiots over there would start towing cars parked illegally, despite the fact that that's the only thing. If they did, they had to tow, like, probably 200 cars. Yeah, with the, uh, with the parking tower that they have, the eco-parking, I thought there would never be an issue with flights. I mean, that's a lot of spots there, and yet there still is. So, unfortunately, uh, that is an issue. Yeah, that's something they certainly have to address, especially, as you said, if they're adding more flights. Mr. Zach Boyd, how was your Thanksgiving, my friend? Oh, Thanksgiving was very busy. Yeah? Yeah, I had to bounce around from, like, two different places. So you're trying the vegetables at one place, the vegetables at the next place. Yeah, in a sense, yeah. The stuffing without the meat. Yeah. Good. It was good, though. What's the main, what's your main dish for Thanksgiving? Uh, it has to be the mac and cheese for me personally. So that's, that's your, that's your feature. Yeah. That's the, that's my feature. The mac and cheese, every, which you can get any day. Everything's, every restaurant everything's built city. around the mac and cheese. Everything is built around the mac and cheese. And then that funnels into the yams, into the sweet potatoes. And like, it just, it, it just sets, it, it sets the bar. Starch, last starch. Wait, is it, aren't yams and sweet potatoes the same thing? Yes, but no, it's different. In what way? I forget, man. I, I need to look it up, but but they're but they're different in a way Sweet because they put that like I don't need either one of type them. stuff on the top. So Marshmallows, I don't know, maybe. I just assumed, I thought they were the same thing. I don't need either one. I neither do I. But I had uh, I had my Thanksgiving dinner at the City Line Hilton in Philadelphia with um, some members of the broadcast team and other members from the University of Memphis. Shout out Jeff Crane, who will join us tomorrow, Deputy Athletics Director. Luckily, they served up a Thanksgiving dinner. It you know, wasn't 
10 out of 10 on a scale of 10, but to have the camaraderie and to be able to have a place to eat, the food was good. You know, solid 8 out of 10. We watched Tigers basketball on the big screens in the bar while we ate dinner. And so that was fun. You know, to be away from the family sucks, but to be with other family, members of the Tigers football team, that was nice. And, of course, they went out on Friday, got the big dub on the sidelines. I got a chance to talk with Jake Elliott. Uh, who was preparing for the game on Sunday, and what a game it ended up being yesterday between the Eagles and the Bills, and we will talk some NFL a little bit later on. So, you know, all in all, it was a it was a quick trip to Philly. I mean, I was on the plane to Philly and back home in 26 hours. That's how quick that turnaround was. But the uh, Tigers winning their ninth game. We'll talk college football, like I said, plenty of it as this show progresses. But I wanted to get the the bad news out of the way early. Let's get the bad news out of the way early. And that's uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. And I just, maybe some people don't feel sorry for them or, or don't care, quite frankly. I, I sort of feel sorry. I know these are highly compensated professional basketball players and coaches. I understand that. I feel worse for the fans because they did a good job in selling tickets. For this upcoming season, much anticipated upcoming season, even knowing Ja was going to be suspended for the first 25 games. These fans paid good money to watch a horrible, horrible product. But again, it's a horrible product because of the of the hand that they have been dealt. I don't think there's much that you can do. They are outmanned every single game. Now, you had Marcus Smart kind of go off on the team. You had Derrick Rose the previous game on Friday talk about there's no communication on defense. So there are things that they can do to become better. I just don't know how many games they're going to win without John. Then even with John back, uh, waiting for the other guys to get healthy, I don't know how many games they're going to win. They are now 3-13. and By the time John comes around after 25 games, the season is pretty much going to be on ice. On Wednesday, they lost by 20 at Houston. On Friday... They lost by 21 to Phoenix. That was Phoenix without Kevin Durant or Bradley Beal. And then on Sunday, they lost by 22 to Minnesota. 20, 21, 22. They did use the hardship exceptions. You talked about that early last week. They went out and signed Shaq Harrison and Jalen Noel. Not that that's going to be much of a difference. They have not won a home game. Not one home win. They will play Utah on Wednesday. Utah's not a good team. But they have lost twice to the Jazz. And then Friday, they go to Dallas. Anthony Edwards, who was questionable before the game, ended up playing and playing well. He said of the Memphis fan base after the game, the fans was dead. I've never played in Memphis like this. This is my first time being in Memphis and not having the crowd into the game. So it's kind of hard to get into it. I was surprised. They usually are amped up. I'm guessing because Ja is out, probably. I look. I don't felt the fans. Also, might have been the fifteen to three start, or the fifteen to three start. <laughs> there could have been that, or the fifteen to three start. But overall, again, it's hard to blame fans. They've spent their hard-earned money. They're not seeing a good product out there. It's hard to get jazzed up for it. But then again, I also understand. For Taylor Jenkins, the coaching staff, the players themselves, look at the hand they've been dealt. Injury after injury after injury. You almost want to chalk this one up to just one of those seasons. It's unfortunate because those games in winter, if if it doesn't get much better, 
nobody's going to come to those games if you're completely out of the race, even with job applying. Yeah, it's... Um, I mean, the, the fact that they're not even competitive in these games, um, for from a fan's perspective, I mean, other than the the run they did make after was 15-3 to and they got within two or whatever it was there, but then the second quarter, Minnesota goes on the big run, and then from that point, it was over. Um, there, there's just not a whole lot there to get real excited about. It's just, it's just, it's it's brutal. Um, you know, I I asked somebody last night. Do you think that as Ja watches this, do you do you do you think he really feels like, gosh, dang it, I completely screwed up. Like I've, I am responsible for this. I don't know if I could sit here and say, yeah, the guy saying every night that they go out there and get beat by twenty, that he's saying, yeah, this is all my fault. He probably isn't saying that. I would imagine though there is something inside him that says, yeah, you know, I'm a big part of this responsibility, uh, or, 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 or I'm a part of the responsibility of this team struggling the way they are. But he's probably thinking to himself, because he is who he is. When I come back, we're going to be the best team in the NBA. I'm going to turn this ship around. I bet you he's thinking more like that than he is, woe is me. Well, but that, and that's, that's, even if you believe that, that's all great, but that's not going to matter because of what you put the team in the situation of being win by the time you come back. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't know if he really, truly, I'm sure there's something there where he, he knows he screwed up royally. And cost this team. There's got to be. You're, it's just human nature to know that you you caused this. I mean, you were a big part of causing this. But does he take 100% responsibility for it? I'm sure he doesn't. And I'm sure he's looking at it as if, well, I'm going to be the knight in shining armor. I'm going to roll right through that door. And we're going to start winning basketball games and get back into the race because of who I am. The um, Looking at some statistics for the Grizzlies... Uh, they are. It's like they are 29th in offensive rating in the NBA. They are last in field goal percentage. They shoot 42 percent from the field overall. They are last in three point percentage, although they attempt the fourth most. So they they're counterintuitive there, and that they keep shooting them, even though they are the worst team in the league at making them. Uh, they just keep on firing. Um, they on the other side, they give up the most three pointers. They give up the highest three-point percentage. Teams shoot over 40. Teams are still shooting over 40% from three-point range against the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies don't shoot much better overall from the field than what they give up from three-point range. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that to give up 40% from three-point range is pretty darn hard. <laughs> like, let's be honest. Teams should not be shooting 40% for a season now that we're talking you know, 16 games in. Giving up 40% from three-point range is ridiculous. I mean, it is it just both ends. Like, you know, they started last night, what, they were, what, two for 19 I believe it was in the first half from three-point range. Meanwhile, Minnesota was like eight for 14. I mean, there's just no like it's you miss a three, they make a three, and the, the threes that they give up are just wide open looks. I mean, if you give NBA guys wide open looks with nobody around them, 
That's how you give up 40% from three points. Like those guys aren't going to miss if it's basically a shoot around three where nobody is even close to guarding them. It's it's just Yes, they are certainly the the shortage, you know, with jaw out with the injuries, everything else is terrible. But there certainly is something to what Derrick Rose and Marcus Smart are saying like there is the the effort especially on the defensive end is not either the scheme is terrible like just absolutely they they what what they are trying to do defensively is just all wrong or there is a lack of effort somewhere because guy you can't give up that many wide open threes if you have a decent scheme and you are playing at all hard even with a lack of talent Lack of talent. These guys are NBA players. They know how to guard. Like, that doesn't... Well, I don't know. I'm not good enough to actually go put a hand in a man's face. Well, like, maybe, maybe, they're NBA maybe, maybe players. There, maybe there's five really, really good players against two really, really good players. I'm asking. It's, I'm it not doesn't matter. That, you can use those excuses on the offensive end and why you're a terrible shooting team even though you choose to keep shooting threes. Whatever. Mm-hmm. On the defensive end, guys, I don't care. Any level of basketball, it doesn't matter. Guys shouldn't be shooting threes where they basically can line up the wind and you know figure out what they want to do and then shoot it. Like there's nobody around them. I, I refuse. So that's, that, these are NBA players. Again, either the scheme is completely wrong, what they're trying to do, and they need to completely scrap that and start over, or guys aren't really trying that hard to recover and get out to these three-point shooters. Yeah, I think it's the latter. I, I refuse to believe it's scheme. Although, again, the change of personnel every single game can affect the scheme. But I don't think it's the scheme. I think it's effort. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., for him to be considered a star in this league, and I know he's the reigning defensive player of the year, he has to step up. He has at times, but he hasn't been the guy that you expect him to be. Desmond Bain has been a little bit inconsistent now. He's been banged up a bit. He's trying to play through pain. We heard what Marcus Smart had to say about this team. After the game, David Roddy said, I know it's tough for him to see that and be out there. All that emotion comes through, and you know that. That's what you respect. These guys were very complimentary of what Marcus Smart had to say as a leader. Desmond Bain said the team hasn't lost its edge, but it's searching for a new identity. We've had a lot of turnover. We had guys that had been in the program for a while, and it was all natural, but we're still a work in progress early in the season. Yeah, again, they're a work in progress because, again, they don't have that edge. They don't have that leader. That leader is John Moran. Des, as good as he is, is not the greatest leader. Jaron Jackson Jr., as good as he is and as much as he wants to be a leader, is really not a leader. These guys have to play over their heads. They have to be phenomenal every game, and then others have to chip in for them just to have a shot. And when they're losing consistently by 20, to me that just tells you a lot of it is lack of personnel. They don't have the players. Look at the guys they're using in the rotation. This is not good right now, but... I think there is something to say about effort, and I think that's what Marcus Smart was talking about. I don't believe it's scheme. They're just they're being outplayed because I think it's the effort from the players that are in there right now, and some of that is the lack of. I know they're NBA players, but they got guys that are just been called up to ten day deals because of uh, the injuries that they have. Again, the, there is a level of talent, too, in the NBA, and they just don't have it. When you're facing a Minnesota team that is Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, and you're throwing out what you're throwing out there, you have no chance. Again, I yes, I can understand losing against all that. I don't understand 
wide open three after wide open three. I understand. I understand what you're saying. I mean, if I throw a high school team out there against an NBA team, they should still at least be able to guard. Like they should have a guy around the guy shooting it. We throw a hand in the face, right? Like you, the guy shouldn't be able to have ten feet of open space around him. Basically, anytime they want to get a shot. And, right. and you watch it, it's just continuous with the Grizzlies. There are guys just wide open. Again, they're giving up over 40% from three-point range. That's hard to do. I mean, goodness gracious, that should not be happening. And, you know, they do give up the fewest points in the paint in the league. I will give them that. I mean, the part of that is the fact that you do have Jaron back there. But the other part is... Teams don't have to shoot in the paint because they just get wide open threes and say, why the hell would I go in the paint? We get three for this one, and we're going to make this at a 40% clip. That'd be stupid to go in the paint and shoot. But but it's it's just, I don't and, know. And I, you got Biombo in there, and Biombo's not going to be chasing guys out to the three-point line. So, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why it's a little bit tougher for teams inside the paint against Memphis. But you're right. They're just, they're just uh, crushing the Grizzlies team after team after team from the three-point line. I mean, if, if they don't get the win against Utah or Houston. I, I, and again, Utah has beaten them twice already, and they put up 70 points in the first half every time they play the Grizzlies. Houston just beat them by 20. Like, I, I don't know when that home win's coming. <laughs> there's, there's, like, it's, they, I mean, again, they've already lost more games than they lost all of last season at home. Um, which is hard to believe. We're here on November 27th and to make that statement. They, um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. I It's it's looking certainly like by the time Ja comes back, that yes, the season will be pretty much, they're now four, what, four and a half, I think it is, out of the 10 spot. Um, you continue to lose. Like, I don't know. By the time he comes back, you might be seven eight games out of the 10th spot. And that's, that again, you're talking about, and you have to leap a lot of teams to get there. Like, I, I just don't, it looks like more and more, like by the time he gets back, it's basically not going to matter. Like you almost, at that point, would be starting to think about tank mode. Yes, absolutely. Again, Utah on Wednesday, they've lost to them twice. The Grizzlies go into that game at 3-13. and 13. They turn around, they play at Dallas on Friday. They still got to go to Phoenix. They got to Dallas again. The games against Houston are interesting. Houston and Memphis battled for a while there in Houston on Wednesday. It was not a good game by Dylan Brooks by any stretch of the imagination. Yet, Jalen Green was really, really good. The Grizzlies got worn down. They end up losing that game by 20. You turn around, and, and in that game, you had Trip, Trip and uh, Dez each went for 23. So they did their job at least offensively. Then on Friday against Phoenix, you had bad games from Dez. And Jackson, you have no chance. I mean, like, no chance if those guys struggle. Aldama had a good game with 21, and D. Rose at 17, they lose by 21. Yesterday, Bain and Jackson go 9 of 30 from the field. Again, you have no chance. Edwards wasn't even sure if he's going to play, goes for 24, and they lose by 22. Incrementally, it's going up each game. So, again, I'm not going to go over the schedule. There there are games on there you go, gosh, can't, you got to beat Houston, right? You lost them already by 20. Well, maybe they win one of those games. Maybe they can get a little revenge on Utah on Wednesday. I don't know. I don't see it. But is this team going to go 3-22 and without their star, without Ja? I mean, 3-13 and is incredible. I mean, nobody thought that they wouldn't win at least Eight or nine games, ten games, at minimum, bare minimum. 
while well, Ja was out. I mean, again, in the now, granted, there uh, you've added injuries in this be, that were not expected in Smart, in Canard, and, 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 right. you know, key players mm-hmm. that have been injured. But again, like you still have. I mean, if, if people believe that like Desmond Bain is an All Star level player, like you have two All Stars, <laughs> you still have two All Stars that you are playing with, and. And that's why I question, again, these guys are really, really good players, but they haven't stepped up to be all-star caliber if they're not leading their teams to at least a victory every once in a blue moon. You have to question that. The And again, I, where the rest of their subs, or the rest of their rotation, not really rotation players, the players they're using now in their rotation because of injuries are just horrible. And that you blame on the front office for choosing the players that they... They choose. They choose, because and, these players are bringing nothing to the table except for Aldama, and the and Roddy a, a little bit. Yo, Marcus. What I mean, for Marcus Smart to do that last night, like it's not like he didn't make that up. Like he's clearly seeing a lack of effort when you're calling guys out and saying it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. That's like you're. There's clearly a lack of effort for him to get to that point where. Right there in front of everybody on the bench, he is lighting into guys and saying it's embarrassing what you're doing. I'm so glad he did. Again, I'm so glad he did. But again, is it embarrassing because they're not giving it their all, or is it embarrassing just because they are overmatched? And I lean toward the latter. There may not be the 100% effort. He may be right about that. But I look at that town on the floor and I look at the other town on the other side and I think, how are they going to win a game? Because like you said, they are all NBA players, but there's a level of difference between really good NBA players and marginally good players who probably shouldn't even be in the NBA. There's some guys, obviously, that are on this roster that you question whether or not they should be. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk some Tigers hoops and their trip to the Bahamas, and then we'll get hot and heavy into college football followed by the NFL. Lawn Solutions is a locally owned weed control fertilization company that serves the greater Memphis area, and even though we are getting close to winter, it's still a good time to get in contact with Lawn Solutions because they take care of your lawn all year long. So when spring is sprung, you won't see any of those weeds. They control the germination of the weeds by applying pre-emergence during the winter months and post-emergence during the summer months. They can take care of any disease your lawn has or any insect infestation. They're not a lawn mowing service. They treat your lawn to get rid of those weeds. So call Brandon Holly today. They will take care of you. 901-867-5626 or online at LawnSolutionsInc.net. Locally owned, family operated, it's Lawn Solutions. Just underway on a Monday, this is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Everybody's working for the Downright chilly start here Monday, 29 degrees currently. 
Hour number one, Sports 56 Mornings. Going to talk some Tigers hoops in a second, but got some text to read on the Grizzlies, which we talked about in segment one. Uh, yeah, Drew says, the one bright side for me is having a lot more free time, not having to watch the Grizzlies. It's one way to look at it. Sad, but true for many. You kind of you kind of know what you kind of know what the outcome is going to be at this point. Probably going to lose by around about twenty. But how about those who purchase season tickets? They sold a lot of tickets, and this is the product they're seeing. Unfortunately, another texter um, talking about John says uh, you have a league that suspended him excessively for for something that's not against the rules or illegal. You had a front office that knew that Steven Adams was questionable. You have a team and a coach that don't have a tough attitude right now. That's why I personally was against getting rid of Dylan Brooks. Anybody knows anything about basketball, you have to shoot your shot and talk stuff on the floor and off the floor to get in guys' heads. That worked real well last year with Dylan in the playoffs. Uh, too many nice guys right now. Some heads should roll. Bad planning as far as getting good players in the offseason. Bad coaching right now. Taylor Jenkins does not have a clue on coaching this team. I don't believe that. I, I think that's not true. Uh, as far as Dylan Brooks is concerned, hindsight's twenty twenty, and, and maybe this guy's telling the truth, or girl. But at the time, I think we were pretty much in unison on this show that it was Dylan Brooks' time that he had to go. And he was an unrestricted free agent, but he had worn out his welcome. Yes, I do agree with that person that there needs to be some toughness. There needs to be, and Marcus Smart was brought in to bring that. You know, Josh certainly plays on the edge. But, yeah, they're they're lacking some of that. You know, Jackson's never really had that. I don't know, maybe Bain will develop that. But, yeah, this is, uh, there's a lot of issues. A lot of issues. The, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I, let's, the whole Dylan Brooks thing, like, let's, come on. Let's let's not go down that road for the rest of the season. Like it, he was done here. It was not. They weren't going to pay him. It just it, it it wasn't a thing. He wasn't coming back. And, and the and, thing about and to act like oh this he was great. Like again like in the playoffs he goes after LeBron. What did that do last year? I mean it was it was stupid. So let's not act like Dylan would like suddenly they would be like have ten wins right now if we had Dylan Brooks for goodness sake. Yeah, he, look he he wore out his welcome. That 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 bus the, has has the, gone down. The Stephen Adams part of the it Boulevard. It's done. It's gone. The Can't Stephen Adams thing is still That's is the, the great one. mystery of all. I I still would love to know. What went on this offseason about what doctors were saying, what doctors he was seeing, and what 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 the front office's idea was if they thought Steven Adams was fine coming into training camp, or what they and if so, who the hell was lying to him? <laughs> who was who was the one that told him that he was fine? I, I that's the Adams thing is, is just doesn't make sense. Again, a three to five week injury to be a twenty one month injury, there's no way that can make sense. Yeah, and what did the texter say about Adams? What was the specific thing that that person said? He said you had a front office that knew that Steve Adams was questionable. No, we 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 don't know that. We don't know anything about that. The guy was playing in exhibition games. We don't know what they thought. We don't know if they went into the season going, yeah, I wonder if this guy is all of a sudden going to need surgery. I, I don't know. Nobody knows. That is the mystery right now. But that's what really derailed the team. Job being out for 25 games really, really hurt. But if you stayed healthy and had Steven Adams, I guarantee you they wouldn't be 3-13. and 13. Well, yeah, if, if you had right now, I mean, you're talking about with Adams, Smart, Kennard, Right now, you're, and then obviously, Ja, 
you're playing without three starters and four of your top, what, six or seven. I mean, Kadard's either your sixth man or seventh man, basically. So you're playing without four of your top, say, seven guys in your rotation, including three starters. That's hard to overcome. There's no doubt about it. And and again, the, the, yeah, the Adams thing is just a great mystery. I don't, I don't understand it. Again, I don't playing without four of your top seven guys still no excuse to not play hard um but yes i that's i understand losing games i don't understand again the defensive effort that they show on a nightly basis right look this team if they're all healthy is a solid 10 deep team but it's just proving that when you get to those players that are 12th 13th 14th 15th Again, they're talented because they're in the NBA, but it's not even close to the talent of the players in the normal rotation. And you're seeing that. It's very evident every single game that they are outmanned. They are outmanned. They can hang. Sometimes they can hang with the starters that they have, with Bain and Jackson and whoever else is starting, but sometimes they can't. Last night they got well well behind in a game. But then when they have to go to the players that they're bringing in, whether it be... Zaire, or whether it be Conchar, or whoever. I mean, Roddy's okay. He's a rotation guy. He's okay. And Santi has turned out to be a really good player. I mean, for goodness sakes, bless his heart, Gilliard's done a decent job, but he's a G-League guy. I mean, this is the team right now they're throwing out there. You have to depend more on Derek Rose, who's old and has already been hurt this year. You're Now you got Noel, now you have Shaq Harrison. You had to bring in Bismack Biombo, who's done a decent job. You're 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 taking pieces and trying to put together a puzzle, and you're missing three or four major pieces. Uh, right, of course, is what did we really expect from the Grizzlies? Let's be honest. There's no chemistry, no continuity, no stability, and the team is just not competitive right now. It's hard to win and be motivated each night with a revolving door full of injuries. The only thing I'm really uh, pissed about being a fan is the outcome of these games losing by 20 it's hard winning with just bane and jaron every night just my opinion so i said yeah it's exactly yeah, I what i said you know, i don't have losing is one thing they shouldn't be losing by 20 i don't believe and you know, these defensive numbers they shouldn't be this bad i mean marcus listen if marcus smart is seeing like again he he knows what he's looking for like if he's willing to literally call out the team right there in front of fans and everybody, mm-hmm. like there's clearly, and it's not like anybody's refuted it. Was like, no, he's wrong. The effort's there. Like, there, there's just a, there's a, yes, I can understand. You could be a little demoralized. The idea that you don't have all these players, you know, you're not as good offensively because that would be impossible. You should actually be playing harder on the defensive end because you know, like, hey, listen, we are limited offensively, and it's just on the defensive end. Again, to give up wide open three after wide open three, that's a, to me, there's a lack of effort there. All right, switching gears. It was a good week. Not a great week, but a really good week for the Memphis Tigers. Not just good, really good. Because the Tigers finally did some damage in one of these tournaments around Thanksgiving, which sets the tone for the NCAA tournament and seeding is concerned. They went out there. They took two of three in the battle for Atlantis, then lost to Villanova in the championship game. Nothing to be ashamed of, although the first half was uh, something that you're scratching your head going, how could they fall behind that far? But they did battle back in the second half. 
And Memphis at 5-1, and one, I would say mission accomplished to put themselves in a great position. The poll will come out later today. Not that that's the end-all, be-all. But Memphis expected to get into the top 25. We'll see. Thought they would get in last week. It didn't happen. The Tigers now have off until Saturday when they'll play the Ole Miss Rebels at the Pavilion. They begin a string of uh, tough roadies. They'll play VCU. They'll play Texas A&M. They got some big home games coming up with Clemson, with Vanderbilt, with Virginia. But right now, you got to look at this Memphis team as a team that could make a lot of noise. Uh, they knocked off Michigan 71-67. That game showcased Ashton Hardaway with 17 points, hitting his first five three-point attempts. Thursday, they beat a very solid Arkansas team and former Tiger Chandler Lawson, 84-79. That game showcased David Jones. If we didn't already know how good this kid is, 36 points. But then on Friday, they lose to Villanova, 79-63. They trailed 44-16 at the half in that game. That is just another typical Villanova team, even though Jay Wright has retired. It doesn't matter who's coaching that team. They have a system. That system is always well executed by incredibly talented players. Really team, a good team concept, and Villanova takes it to the Tigers. But two out of three, you'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, I, it, you know, it was basically one horrendous half of basketball that cost you um, – the chance to go three and zero, and but the wins over Michigan, especially the win over Arkansas, um, those are those are you know the, really good wins that you want on that resume at the end of the year. Um, Jones was unbelievable in that Arkansas game. Um, they you know they continue to shoot the ball for the most part pretty well. Um, you know, it, it, again we see they've got a lot of different guys. Who can be the guy on a given night? I mean, when you got Ashton Hardaway, who to that point had barely scored on the year, barely played, steps up and and makes five threes and mm-hmm. and has the game he had against Michigan. Um, certainly, there's there's a lot to like, and I, overall, a successful trip. It's unfortunate um, that that first half was just a train wreck against Villanova when you shoot four for twenty seven from the field, which I, I'm, I honestly don't even know how that's possible to shoot four for 27 as a team in a half of basketball um, at that level. But, you know, that, that, and that, and then, so that game's over at that point. Like you have no chance to come back and win that game. And so it's unfortunate there, but, but overall going two and one um, wins over Michigan and win over Arkansas, which in all likelihood will be a quad one win. uh, I would say um, at the end of the year, um, that's, I think, a, a ends up being a, a, a successful week that you'll take. By no stretch of the imagination is this a finished product. They're going to get better. They're not there yet. There are some things that are worrisome. The inability to rebound consistently, even with their size, to give up the offensive rebounds that they give up, a lot of that is effort. Right place, right time, making sure that you're in position. They've given up way too many offensive rebounds against mediocre teams and against really good teams. The other thing is they have to get some production from Jordan Brown. Jordan Brown looks like he's in molasses. I expected much more from him. So when you got a Brown Malco combination at the big man position, they're not giving you much and they need to produce inside that opens up things for the outside. It opens up the lanes for dribble drive penetration. But right now that's my two concerns. The offensive rebounds they are giving up 
and the lack of production from Jordan Brown. Yeah, the, the there's no doubt the offensive rebound um, has been an issue. You know, when you look at some of the you know lesser opponents they played, and they were grabbing a ton of offensive rebounds. That that is, there's no doubt that that um, has been an issue. Um, they are 308th in the nation in offensive rebound percentage Jeez. by their opponents. Um, I knew it was op- bad, but opponents wow. are uh, getting 34 over 34 percent of <sighs> the available offensive rebounds. Um, so that certainly is uh, is not very good. That that's a number that has to get much much better. And um, again, you're even the Michigan art. You know, Michigan they you had the big lead, kind of let them back into it, but still were able to hold on. Like there were there were some moments, some lapses in those games where they, things, but but they showed at the end, like hey, regroup, get the win, do the things you have to do down the stretch, getting some big defensive stops, making some shots, and um, so again, it's just Villanova. You just, I mean, you buried yourself so deep. There's just no getting out of that hole. Like you, there, there is no way you're possibly coming back from that hole that you dug in that game. Again, four for twenty-seven is. There's no way to come back from. Yeah, I think this team does have a clutch gene. I do think so. Down the stretch that they're going to make the plays. But again, the hole was too big, as you said, that they dug against Villanova. Made it respectable in the second half. This hour of our program is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware Corner of White Station. And Quince is where you'll find them. That's where you're going to find the Big Green Egg and all the accessories. Is they're a platinum dealer of the Big Green Egg here in town. Plus, you can find anything else that you need for any of those DIY projects. Of course, leaf pickup right now is a big thing. They've got everything you need there from blowers and rakes and bags, all that stuff to pick up those leaves. They've got you taken care of. they got a wonderful selection of paints and other stuff for those projects around the house with this cold weather. Great opportunity to get some of those things done inside the house that you may need to get done and all the supplies you need are at East Memphis Ace Hardware plus a wonderful staff to help you find everything that you need at East Memphis Ace Hardware corner of White Station and Quince. And by the way for those who thought that maybe Florida Atlantic was toast after losing that terrible game to Bryant a Q4 loss they've come back and have beaten Butler ranked Texas A&M which Memphis will play soon and destroyed Virginia Tech. Yes, that is a very good basketball team. So remember what they did last year. They got just about everybody back. Things happen in sports. I don't know how they lost that game to Bryant, but they did. But that is a good team. It'll be Memphis and Florida Atlantic battling to the end in the American Conference. We're coming back with our final segment of Hour One. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. We are Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I got a little change in my pocket going jingle. There is a really good follow on X. It's called Stephen Adams Stats. And they break down visually Mike Conley's six triples against his former team from yesterday. 
and what the Grizzlies did not do defensively, where they were out of position. Again, not just telling you, but showing you. It's really good. Check it out. Stephen Adams stats. Uh, Reggie texts in on the Sports 56 listener line, 901-360-8255, 901-360-8255. So it seemed like Penny waited, as usual, until they were down a lot to put in Ashton, which right now is one of their best shooters. He seems to go away from the hot guy. Is that the, is it that he is a defensive liability? Yeah, he, he's struggling a little bit defensively right now. There's no question about it. But I was a little surprised about that as well. I was wondering... They're not making any shots. Where's Ashton? Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, in that first half, yeah, it gets well Like, you could, at that point, it, it can be all hands on deck. <laughs> Is there anybody out there that might be able to actually put a shot through the rim? I mean, so, I, yeah, anything should have been on the on the plate. Anybody should have been willing, should be willing to try anything, anybody at that point when you're having that type of game and you're falling down by 30 in the first half of a basketball game. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and listen, Ashton is supposed to be a good shooter, and he, but other than that one game against Michigan, he really hasn't done anything. Not that he's gotten a bunch of opportunity, but he really hasn't done much other than that one game. If he gets more opportunity, are we going to see that Michigan version of him? I I, I don't know, but certainly, no, there's no doubt it, it, it would have been worth a try against Villanova. Hey, it's a nice start to your career when you do that against Michigan. I'm not saying Michigan's the best team in the nation, but that's Michigan. You go out there and shoot the rock like that. So, yeah, I was wondering that as well. But, yes, Ashton right now is not up to snuff defensively where he needs to be. But as far as the Tigers are concerned, none of them are up to snuff defensively in that first half. That was a clinic put on by Villanova. Nevertheless, as we talked about, winning two out of three in the Bahamas was a successful trip, and we'll find out a little bit later on today if they have cracked the top 25. By the way, as I mentioned, Ole Miss on Saturday at the Pavilion. You did the Ole Miss game against Temple in Philadelphia. They got by, barely got by. Ole Miss continues to win close ones against what you would consider inferior competition. How good is this team right now? Um, they're, I mean, it, 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 they're pretty good defensively. Um, Jamarian Sharp certainly helps as a rim protector, although teams continue to go small and he just can't come out of the lane. So if, if you, if they, the teams that are going with five guys basically out there, they could shoot threes that causes Chris Beard to generally have to take him out of the game. There was some. Good feeling that maybe Musa Cisse was going to get the okay from the NCAA here sometime soon. Again, it's the NCAA. Um, Brandon Murray, they don't seem as quite as much hope, but again, I don't. who knows? That might mean Murray gets the okay and Cisse doesn't because it's the NCAA and you have no idea. Um, they certainly need those two guys. You know, Matthew Morrell has not shot the three ball well. They have been, as a team, pretty bad from three-point range, although they did shoot it better against Temple. Um, but, you know, Morrell certainly is a better, he's shooting like 25, 26% from three point range. Um, he's certainly a better shooter than that. Um, Jalen Murray at point guard of the transfer, he's been pretty good. You know, they're only playing about seven guys really right now. Like it's, he is, it is a very short rotation that Chris Beard is going with. He's got him playing hard. He's a heck of a coach and they're finding ways to win these games. But, um, I mean, just on a, on paper, Memphis, Talent-wise, looks a heck of a lot better than Ole Miss. What do you expect the line to be? Uh, I would expect Memphis to be probably, I don't know, probably a 
seven point favorite, something like really? that. Really? That much? Yeah. Game will be at the Pavilion, one o'clock, I believe, right? On Saturday? It is a, yes, one o'clock game. One o'clock start. All right, when we come back, hour two, we're going to get into college football. The Tigers win at Temple to finish nine and three in the regular season. Your thoughts on that? Now they get ready to go to a bowl game. Will it be the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game, or what bowl will it be? Plus, coaching moves aplenty. We will discuss that. We'll talk about the SEC, some of the great games from the weekend, including the Iron Bowl. We'll talk Michigan, Ohio State as well. We'll take your calls and you read your texts at 901. 901- 360-8255, and then we'll talk more college football with Barrett Salee. Hour three, again, more of your calls and texts. We'll get into the NFL as well and probably uh, circle back to our basketball discussion from the first hour about the Grizzlies and the Tigers. Town Village Ottoman Park is senior living in today's world, located at 950 Cherry Road, just off Park Avenue in the heart of East Memphis, offering more options to fit your needs more than ever before. They are dedicated to the long-term satisfaction and the quality of life for their residents. All they ask is that you're 55 years of age or older. Give them a call at 901-537-0002. Set up a tour or go by and see them at townvillageautobanpark.com right there on the web and find out more about them. Independent living, short-term respite stay, monthly options. Great event schedule and activities galore for the residents, plus all the modern amenities you want to see for a loved one. Whether it be you or whether it be another loved one, a mom, a dad, a grandfather, a grandmother, or whoever in your family, you're looking for them to enjoy the golden years of their life. Monthly rental with no buy-in. Apartments include full kitchen, washer and dryer, all-inclusive resort-style dining with multiple venues, bi-weekly housekeeping, outpatient therapy, community social area featuring fitness center, home theater, game rooms, indoor pool, whirlpool, bistro, on and on and on. It's Town Village, Audubon Park, 950 Cherry Road, just off Park Avenue. Call them at 901-537-0002 or go online to townvillageaudubonpark.com. Hour two on the way. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.